Christmas is a wonderful time of the year. Many traditions are found at this time, like foods, decorations, parties, gifts, songs, and yes, even movies. Hi, this is Greg. I'm one of the pastors here at West Valley Christian Church. I'm sure we all have our favorite Christmas movies, right? It could be White Christmas, Frosty, Die Hard, or even one that I didn't mention. In this series, we're going to pull out biblical truths that can help each of us live lives better from four Christmas favorite movies. We hope you enjoy. Good morning, church. All right. Well, I have to say this. I didn't say this first service. Oh, and to you online, good morning. You're probably sitting there in pajamas and a nice cup of coffee. But anyways, I, I love this logo. It just makes me smile. Does that do anything for you guys? I, I, that doesn't put down all of our other logos, but that guy looks content. That's what, that's what I want to do after we clean up Christmas Village. <laughs> and speaking of which, there, <laughs> I told the ushers, I need a chair today. Every ounce of me hurts. And uh, so if you know, um, that this Christmas Village doesn't, we don't just snap our fingers. And um, honestly, I... I do, I do a tenth of what some people in here have done, but I, I, I want to say how proud I am of our church um, for all the volunteer hours to put the village up. We had our first night last night. It was a great night. I personally got to meet so many people from our community, and so many stories um, are shared already. So um, that was just night one. So tonight, um, I would love for you guys to all come. Um, and I'd love for you to bring your family and your neighbors and even your enemies, <laughs> even the Grinches in your life. But really, it's a great night. Even if you came last night, raise your hand if you came last night. I know last service, there was a ton of you. Like, you guys came, you guys didn't. That's weird. Um, so you guys are coming tonight. It's a great night, and the, the, just the music alone is different every night. There was a six-year-old little girl, I'm guessing she was six, that sang, uh, I want a hippopotamus for Christmas crushed it, crushed it. And then all of our talent in here, and, and even, Aaron, even Aaron is going to be leading. Are you singing tonight, Aaron? Tomorrow. tomorrow night. All right, well, come tonight in anticipation for him tomorrow night. Um, so please just know that that's happening. And then can I just say this as I sit down? Um, come Tuesday and help clean up. We're going to have a big mess. And there might be some water on it. We're praying not. But um, seriously, anyone that can help, we're going to start at 8 o'clock in the morning. And uh, I just want to give a shout out to Mandy and Patrick Clark, um, whose vision it is. And uh, I know they got some family in the row over there um, that have flown out to help out. Um, So thank you to all of you except for Liz. Um, (laughs) That's supposed to be funny, Liz. You did a great job last night. You did a great job. She's, she does fried Oreos, so you want to get to know Liz with the fried Oreos and the you know, fried Oreos and the, that stuff. Well, we better get to the message eventually here. So we are in uh, Christmas at the movies, and we're taking four fun movies and um, just taking some biblical truths out of there for this season that I think are so important. So um, week one, we looked at Elf, and uh, we transitioned to the story of Mary. Uh, who God chose to give birth. She was the one that was going to carry Jesus. And we talked about what brings a smile to our face and then how that smile can turn upside down. What, 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 what happens in our life for that? And so we talked about going from stress to joy. 
And I pray that you're living in that right now. And um, the second thing was last week, we looked at Home Alone. And you know the movie, it's this battle of this little kid and the two bad guys. And we took a look at with Pastor John, this whole idea of spiritual battle. And there's a spiritual battle going on that some of us are aware of and don't, or, or some of us aren't aware of. And so today we're going to look at that very great theological movie, How the Grinch Stole Christmas. And uh, we're going to take a look at fear and peace, fear and peace. So let's pray. Father in heaven, thank you so much for just blessing us. For last night and all the ministry that happened in the next two nights, we just pray that it'll be amazing outreach to our community. And our prayer is that people would come to know you because of this village. And God, um, pray for this service, for those that are watching online, for those of us that are sitting in here. God, this is a topic that you know a lot about and that you desire for us, Lord. And so I pray that you help use me, who's incredibly weak, um, to be able to preach a, a message of strength. Thank you. In Jesus' name, all God's people said. Amen. So I went all out this week. I read this book. And, and I, I'm an overachiever. I read it in one setting. Yeah, yeah, that's right. Um, it's got pictures, so that helps me. And uh, so I took a look, just a little review uh, for you, of course. And this is, and this, so if, it, <laughs> if you don't know about this story, how the Grinch stole Christmas, um, you're probably better off for it. But um, let me give you a, a little synopsis here. Um, about the Grinch, his head was screwed on just, well, his head wasn't screwed on just right, right? Don't look to the person next to you. <clears throat> um, the also says this about the Grinch, his shoes were too what? Oh, see, some of you guys know that. You don't know scripture, but you know this. That's good. <laughs> so that was just, I was just joking. I was just joking, Mr. Hall. Then and then and then and then and then we read this about the Grinch that his heart was two sizes too small. Amen. And, and again, uh, those three characteristics have nothing to do with the person that's next to you. It has everything to do with this fictional book. And I'm sorry if I just hurt your heart by saying this is a fictional book. But what we learn is this: that the the Grinch. A lot of us we think that he hates Christmas. But hold on to your purple seats, because I studied this deeply this week. And um, I must be really tired, but <laughs> let's, just, let's just go with it, all right? Let's go with it. So, so he, he didn't not like Christmas. What he didn't like was what Christmas was all about. He didn't like that it brought joy. He didn't like that it brought peace. He didn't like that it brought love. And he didn't like that it brought hope. And so I want to look at that cute little story. And I want to turn to scripture and see what that has to do with this. So hold on to that thought about the Grinch that stole Christmas. And, and by the way, how he thought he was going to ruin everything was, I'm going to steal their presents. I'm going to steal their toys. And... I'm going to steal their food. And then they're not going to have any happiness or joy. They're just going to have fear and sadness. Let's turn to Matthew chapter 1. Matthew chapter 1. 
And we're going to go to Matthew chapter 1, start verse 18. So two weeks ago, we looked at Mary, and now we're going to look at her uh, fiancé, Joseph. Matthew chapter 1, verse 18 says this. This is how the birth of Jesus, the Messiah, came about. His, Mary, uh, his mother, Mary, was pledged to be married to Joseph. But before they came together, she was found to be what? Pregnant through the what? The Holy Spirit. Because Joseph, her husband, was faithful to the law and yet did not want to expose her to public disgrace, he had a mind to do what? To divorce her, but he was going to do it quietly. Then you get to verse 20. But after he had considered this, an angel of the Lord appeared to him in a dream and said, Joseph, son of David, do not be what, church? Do not be what? Do not be what? One more time. Do not be what? Do not be afraid. And I want that to stick in our hearts and our minds because I don't think that's just a message for Joseph, but I believe it's a message for all of us. To take Mary home as your wife because what is conceived in her is from the Holy Spirit. She will give birth to a son and you are to give him the name Jesus because he will save the people from their what, church? From their sins. If you're taking notes, write this down. Number one, Joseph is human. Let's say that together. Joseph is human. One more time. Joseph is human. And you're like, Pastor, why are you emphasizing some silliness like that? Of course he's human. Because I want to emphasize the fact that this isn't, this isn't a fictional story like this. This isn't a fictional story like Home Alone. This isn't a fictional story like Elf. And sometimes we get all that intertwined. I want to let you know we are reading a story about a man that is human. And it's going to be important because we're going to see some human characteristics come out that you and I can identify with. Now, right out the gate, one of the things I want you and I to know about this guy, Joseph, if you don't know this, maybe, or maybe you have known this and need to be reminded of this, he is a righteous man. Like, this means he was right with God. Of all the men that were walking the earth that were going to be uh, engaged to, that was going to marry uh, the, the mother of Jesus Christ, you know, give birth, it had to be just the right man. And so God picked Joseph, the human, that loved God, that had a heart for God, that was righteous for God, that desired the things of God. And I'm going to go off on a little tangent here because I think this is so important and more and more, I, I'm just convinced that this is the, the message that the world needs. This is why I give up Thursday nights and I do fight night. This is why Saturday mornings once a month uh, with men and, and any men that I can meet with. And please hear me say this, just because I'm saying this doesn't mean I've arrived. But what our world needs to hear and men, what you and I need to hear and those men that are on the, 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 the online ministry, hear this, that women need men like Joseph today in 2023. Can I hear an amen, ladies? Like, here's the deal. We need to man up, man. We, we, we need to start and stop walking around and just kind of being fretting around and poor this and doing. No, we need men of God. And, and that's what's going to change our world. That's going to change our parenting. That's going to change our marriages. That's going to change our singleness. That's going to change the way we do business. Sorry, I just went there, squirrel. But I'm so passionate about this. I love this about Joseph. I want to be a better man like Joseph. He loved God. He wasn't in the corner sucking his thumb. He was a man's man. 
And being a man's man means you love God. All right. A faithful man. I love this about him. He was a carpenter. Ah, tough man. I needed, we needed Joseph Thursday, Friday, Saturday. We need Joseph this Tuesday. Being a carpenter is not an easy job. But he worked to become the best. A master craftsman. He, he was a man that sought to honor God in his actions. Not just his words, but his actions. Mary had, uh, Mary had been away visiting her cousin Elizabeth. Elizabeth was also pregnant. Maybe, maybe even three months she'd been away. So you can picture Joseph, the human, right? He's human. And, and he's going to be, uh, uh, and he's engaged and he's going to be married to this woman. She's been gone for three months. They don't, they don't have Snapchat and, and they don't have face, FaceTime and they, they, they couldn't talk to each other and all that. She's gone, gone. And so she's coming back. And, and I want to read something. There's a book um, that sits on my shelf and uh, they're going to show a copy of it here up on the screen. It's called Christmas Hearts. Um, and, and it was really cool because there's this chapter on Joseph. And, and, and again, it's speculation. We don't know this because this is what we know about Joseph in Scripture. But this is kind of a what if. And I think it's real and it puts flesh on the skin. And so what I want to do is I actually want to read to you an excerpt from this book. And so some of you close your eyes if that's not going to cause you to fall asleep. Um, but whatever it's going to take to just kind of find yourself in this story. Find yourself in what it might have been like for, for Joseph and Mary. So she's been gone three months, uh, comes back. She's got this heaviness on her heart because the angels told her what's going on. And, and, and the author says this, at last, at last, Joseph and Mary rose to take a walk so that they could talk alone together. Like, have you even thought about that? Like, they get to see each other. Now they're going to take this walk. And outside the village, they found a peaceful place that looked out across the valley. For a long while, they were quiet, Mary's head resting on his shoulder. Mary turned to him, looking deep into Joseph's eyes. And then she told him, yeah, the words hit harder than if someone had struck him over the head with one of his carpenter mallets. At first, he was numb, unable to comprehend what she really meant. The words were so unexpected, so seemingly impossible, that he was speechless. As the full weight of Mary's words filtered past his mind and into his heart, it seemed his whole world was crashing down around him. Joseph, I'm going to have a baby. A baby, Mary? His beloved, his intended Mary, it, it, it couldn't be, could it? They had remained pure, saving themselves for marriage. And now this. Her words could only mean one thing. Mary had been unfaithful to him. The ultimate act of betrayal. The one thing he thought he could never happen to him. Joseph suddenly felt weak, his stomach churning. His mind still could not grasp what had happened. This was a woman he loved. She was the one. He had committed his life and love to her completely. To be faithful to her alone, what was happening? Mary knelt down in front of him, her eyes filled with tears, her hand resting on her calloused carpenter's hands. Joseph, it's not what you think. I haven't been unfaithful to you. I'm still a virgin, but I'm going to have a baby. Joseph looked up at her, his eyes filled with confusion. Still a virgin? 
yet you're going to have a baby? Mary, that's impossible. Mary nodded in agreement and urgency. Yes, it is impossible, but not with God. Joseph, nothing is impossible with God. You see, God sent an angel to me, and the baby within me is the one whom he promised he would send us. Joseph, the son I bear is the son of God. God has chosen me to be the mother of the Messiah. Her face glowed. In hushed, reverent tones, she told him of Gabriel's incredible visit. She spoke of Elizabeth's affirmation. The child Mary carried was truly the Christ. Joseph had never, ever known Mary to be dishonest with him before. But this was so improbable that it was unbelievable. She must have met someone while she was visiting Elizabeth, he thought. She couldn't have willingly. Someone must have forced her to. Now, were these his thoughts? Were those her words? Pure speculation. But what it does is it puts skin on the flesh, doesn't it? It shows that Joseph was really human, that Mary was really human. You remember the sermon last time about Mary a couple weeks ago? I asked those questions that I brought up earlier in the message about what brings a smile to your face, what brings joy to your life, and then what flips that smile up down, upside down and turns into a frown. And we all have those moments. Well, we, we talked about free will and we talked about choice and we talked about we can't control all the external, but we can control whether we're going to choose stress or joy. And I would say the same is true here with Joseph, but the words that I'm going to use are we could choose fear or we could choose peace. Church, I don't care if you're the toughest man in this room to the softest female sitting here. We all want peace. Amen? And just saying that word causes me to just take a deep breath. And you can do that along with me. Just breathe in and breathe out. Because here's what I know. The world, that other part of you, the enemy you, you choose, doesn't want you to hear this message of peace. God does. Peace is something God desires for each and every one of us, even in the midst of the storm. As we unfold this story, I want us to look at, at Joseph as the human and relate to that as us the human. You go, well, you're stretching that, Pastor. I mean, where are you getting this idea that he was all filled with fear? Oh, glad you asked. Matthew chapter 1, verse 20. We read it. It says, But after he had considered this, an angel of the Lord appeared to him in a dream and said, Joseph, son of David. And what's it say? Do not be afraid. What's it say? Do not be afraid. What's it say? 
do not be afraid. And some of us need to say that as we're clutching onto the wheel, driving through the traffic, and, and our hearts are racing, and, and fear is filling our, our hearts. And God is saying, I want peace for you. And we need to quote those words, do not be afraid. As we are parenting and we are struggling and we don't know what the next step is, we need to hear those words, do not be afraid. Our marriages or our singleness, do not be afraid. Or the future of our job or the finances or dealing with whatever it is you're dealing with. Do not be afraid. These are the words that we need to hear resonating through our hearts and our mind. Amen. So the second point today is I am human. (laughs) You may question that, but the truth is we're human. Amen. We're all made in the image of God. The Bible says God doesn't make trash. You and I are special. But here's something that's really important for me to say, just like I did with Mary a few weeks ago, just because you're stressed, that doesn't mean you're a bad person. That doesn't mean that you're far from God. That doesn't mean that you're less than, that means you're human, amen? And the same is true with fear. I don't want you sitting there going, oh my gosh, especially as a Christ follower, I gave my life to Jesus and yet pastors saying, don't be afraid. The Bible says, don't be afraid, but I am living in fear. That doesn't make you a bad person. That makes you what? Human. Okay, so what the, the challenge is, just like with stress, the same thing is with fear. It's not the feeling of fear, because actually fear in some cases is a healthy thing, amen? There are some things that we need to have that. But what, we, what is really important about today's message is what we do with that. How do we respond with fear? And the honest truth, most of us, are when we struggle with fear, it will affect us to the point where it actually changes the, the, the direction of our life. Because we get so fear-filled that we stop doing what God wants us to do, and we start doing what we want to do, and that's stick right here where we think it's safe. And therefore, you lose because Jesus said in John 10, 10, I came that you may have life and have it to the full or have it abundantly. He didn't come and die on the cross so that we could sit on our tails or sit curled up in a corner going, oh my gosh, I'm so afraid. Now, I'm not making fun of those of us that are struggling with the fear right now. But what I am saying is I'm speaking against that in the name of Jesus Christ, because sometimes all we know what the world tells us and all we know what our family might tell us and all we know that the church quote unquote might tell us is to be afraid. And that's not what this book says amen it says contrary to that greater is he that is in us than he that is in the world so what are we doing with this well I'm talking about I am human and I I give you all kinds of stories and I know the ones that I'm giving I've shared at some point I'm sure I can't remember I'm I'm at that age where I get a discount at Denny's now (laughs) if only I liked Denny's um, <laughs> I, I don't even remember. I, it was like about six weeks ago. You guys, did I even tell you I went to Mexico? So I go to Mexico. Uh, we have some, a, a couple here that there's a long story, but they're helping a new church start. And this church just blew up quick. And it's a young couple that's doing it. And they're struggling just because they didn't know. You know, they're new. One's a lawyer and one's a a teacher, I think. And they're not pastors, but they got this heart. 
So I, after many times of saying no, I said, I'll go. So I went. It's out. So I'm Puerto Vallarta, just about a half hour outside of it. And so amazing things are happening. I mean, I get to help with the pastor and encourage him now. And I get pictures every week, almost every day of this church. They just had an event two days ago. They had 156 kids at this thing. And they just started. This, this, this is a crazy ministry. So the church itself, great. And it's, you know, it's a little half hour out of Puerto Vallarta. But then... When I was there, they took me, they say, we have a ministry. They already have a ministry outside of this new church, and it's about another half hour out, and we go to that place, and, and, and um, it was awful. Like, um, it's where all the cartel are, and they're ministering to the cartel's kids, and there's all kinds of stories about that, and I didn't know this, but I'm there. And, you know, my friends are Hispanic. I stuck out like, a, like what I am gringo and it just, it wasn't good it wasn't it wasn't good and there were some fear things and, and yada yada I share that because in the moment I was I was ticked first of all at my buddy that but the situation but it's like all right we'll, we'll do this thing does that so so here's my point does that mean I should never go to Mexico again not <laughs> some of you my wife would say no you're right don't no, it doesn't mean you don't go to Mexico. I'll go to Mexico. I'll go to that church. But you know what I probably won't do? I probably won't ever go back to that other place. Does this make sense? But you see what fear will do, like fear fully exploded in our heart, we'll say, I'm not ever going to Mexico. We, we kind of overreact to situations. Does that make sense? So here's another one. My... Um, First time I ever went to, uh, well, first time I ever went to Maui was with my family, I'm guessing 15 years ago. And my uncle had a timeshare right there in Kanapali, right on the beach. And, and, and literally, I don't even think our bags hardly hit the floor of the hotel room. And he's like, we're going. We're going where? We're going snorkeling. The best snorkeling right here in front of the West End Kanapali. So we throw up, Drew was 15. That's my son, myself, and um, my uncle. We go in the water. And sure enough, I mean, Right there, coral, turtles, fish. It is awesome. Like, woo you know, and it's warm water. Well, I'm doing it because here's what I do. I have, um, I draw an imaginary line in the ocean. Did you know that? I draw an imaginary line that says, don't go past this line because that's where the sharks stop. <laughs> Does anyone else do that? <laughs> Good. I'm not the only So like, I mean, we're, you know, there's your line. You stay on that side. I stay on this side. We're good. And uh, so I, I got up to that, and, you know, which is about 20 feet out. <laughs> but anyways, beautiful, beautiful. I look up. My uncle and Drew are like 50, 60 yards out there, like out there. And uh, I don't mean Sherman way out there. I mean in the ocean. And I, I just like, ah, okay, I'm like, I'm going to come in. And I'm coming in. Remember, Drew is 50 yards out there. I'm coming in, and right on my heels, I look back, and it's Drew. And we get out of the water, and my son is white as a ghost. And I'm like, what's up, Drew? He goes, Dad, um, I just saw something really big. <laughs> I'm like, because he's got, like, he, he is fearless on most things. He goes, I, I don't know what it was, but we're here. I'm like, all right. I'm like, where's Uncle Casey? He goes, he's still out there. <laughs> I'm like, well, he's old enough. That's good, you know. <laughs> Just kidding, because he's probably watching. I love you, uncle. But 
we get in to the hotel room and there's a coffee table and there was a book right there. And Drew looks down, he goes, Dad, that's what it was. I said, what, hammerhead shark? I said, Drew, come on. He goes, no, 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 Dad, that's exactly. And we were like, ah, uh, you know, my uncle finally made it in and, and we're telling him and he's like, ah, you know, I've been snorkeling here forever, you know, those stories. A week later, his kids go to that same timeshare. The beach is shut down because a hammerhead shark had bitten somebody. What's my point? Don't go snorkeling in Kanapali Beach. (laughs) Go with someone that looks meatier and better tasting. No. Draw the imaginary line like Pastor Rob said. If you want to take me to Maui, I will show you where that line is, all right? But no, here's the deal. Does that mean you don't ever go in the water ever again? Some of you are like, yeah, I'm never going in the water again. No. But what it means is we got to be careful what we do with fear. Because a plane crashes doesn't mean you shouldn't ever get on a plane. Because, you know, someone got, here's another one, real quick. Golfing at Pine Mountain uh, up in Fraser Park probably 20-something years ago, maybe 30 now. You know, usually my balls go exactly where I aim, right? You guys know that. Yeah, right? This one just happened to go past the flag and down this little hill. And so really cheap, I need to find that $2 ball. And I go down the hill and I see it. And I'm walking down this little hill. And I'm five feet away and I go to grab. It's in a coiled rattlesnake. I ran up that hill, I'd say like a little girl, but I'd be, influenced, I'd be insulting little girls because they would have been tougher than me. I was like, I, uh, I even tell you goosebumps. Did I stop golfing? Heck no. I even wanted my hits. No, and, but you see the overreaction that happens? Well, because there was a snake when I golfed that one time, I'm never going to golf again. I think ourselves and the evil one uses fear in our lives to stop us from doing what God wants us to do. It doesn't mean we shouldn't be cautious. It doesn't mean that we shouldn't be responsible. But we shouldn't let uh, fear paralyze us. Amen? Well, let's look at Joseph. Um, Well, I mean, uh, yeah, let's look at Joseph. Joseph's response. If you read in... Matthew chapter 1, verse 20. It says, but after he had considered this, an angel of the Lord appeared to him in a dream and said, Joseph, son of David, do not be afraid to take Mary home as your wife, because what is conceived in her is from the Holy Spirit. She will give birth to a son and you will give him the name Jesus because he will save the people from their sins. All this took place to fulfill what the Lord had said through the prophet. The virgin will conceive and give birth to a son and they will call him Emmanuel. Now check this out. When Joseph woke up, He did what the angel of the Lord commanded him, and he took Mary home as his wife. He allowed the peace that only God could give in a crazy moment like this to fill his heart instead of the fear that had been sitting there for a moment. Does that make sense? Church, There's probably, and I'm not trying to be prophetic here. I'm just being real. There's probably someone in here that has fear in their heart. And I'm guessing there's more than one. 
And what I want to do on behalf of the Lord is crush that, to suck that out and let you know that the peace that surpasses all understanding is greater than any fear that you may find in your heart. And for some of you, that could be really scary, just like it was probably for Mary and Joseph. I want to I wanna share some passages as we close that are going to go under the last point. Let's write this down. The third point, the what ifs or the who is. That almost sounds like a Dr. Zeus line. The what ifs or the who is. Joseph makes the choice of faith over fear. The what ifs will take us out. That's what fear does. What if this happens? And what if the pilot does this? And what if the plane door opens this way? And what if this? And what? So what? You could ruin yourself doing all the what ifs. You could do all the what ifs and all kinds of things in your life. Don't live in the what ifs, live in the who is. So Deuteronomy 31, six, be strong, the Lord says, and courageous. Do not be what? Do not be what? Do not be afraid or terrified because of them. The Lord your God goes with you. He will never leave you or forsake you. Psalms 34, four and five. I sought the Lord, David said, and he answered me. He delivered me from what? He delivered me from all fears, not just some fears, but all fears. Those who look to him are radiant. Their faces are never covered with shame. Psalms 23, four. Even though I walk through the valley of what? The darkest valley. I will fear what? No evil, for you are with me. Who's with you? God. Your rod and your staff, they comfort me. Psalms 56, 3 and 4. When I'm afraid, when I'm afraid, when I'm afraid, I put my trust in you. I put my trust in you. In God, whose word I praise. In God, I trust. And I'm not afraid. What can mere mortals do to me? These are powerful promises that we need to to hear, that we need to quote, that we need to live by. What can mere mortals do to me? Psalms 27, one. Bow your heads with me and let me pray these over, over you. Bow your heads, please. The Lord is my light and my salvation. Whom shall I fear? The Lord is the stronghold of my life. Of whom shall I be afraid? John 14, 27. Jesus says this for you. Yes, for you that's sitting here with fear in your heart. Peace I leave with you. My peace. I give you. I do not give to you as the world gives. Do not let your hearts be troubled. I give you peace in the midst of the storm. In his words in Matthew chapter 11, 28, he says, Jesus says, come to me, all of you who are weary and burdened, fear-filled, And I will give you rest. I will give you peace. Take my yoke upon you and learn from me, for I am gentle and humble in heart. And you will find rest. You will find peace for your souls. Jesus says, for my yoke is easy and my burden is light. God, you are so good. Thank you for being on our side. Thank you for wanting peace for us. I pray, God, that we would trade the what ifs for the who is. That we will trade fear 
for faith and peace. Thank you for Joseph who turned from the fear of what of the what ifs to the faith of the who is. Thank you for his example. Thank you for Mary's example. May we also make good choices to find peace in the midst of the storm. And God, whatever the Grinch is in our life, if it's ourself, if it's a person, if it's a situation, if it's the devil that wants to change the outward circumstances by taking all the things from us that we think are important, let us respond like the Whovilles that when they woke up on that Christmas morning, they didn't scream, they weren't fear-filled, they weren't shouting, they weren't crying. Instead, they were found singing with joy, peace, love, and hope in their hearts. I pray that for all of us here this morning. May God's peace rest in our souls. In Jesus' name, all God's people said, amen. Peace be with you. Thank you for listening. For more information, please visit us at wvcch.org or you can join us live in one of our Sunday services. Have a great day. Tender mercies and your love that you've always shown.